Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. You know what I really want to see? Hmm. I really want to see a movie made of Robocom versus Terminator. Dude, that's been like... I. That's like been the debate man i remember growing up having that debate mm-hmm. you know robocop versus terminator batman versus superman like mm-hmm. that was right up there with those debates did you ever, i i actually tweeted at james cameron the other day because james cameron is is going to be rebooting the terminator movies like a, apparently uh, they're going to take the story and they're going to start over wait hold on wait a minute wait what we've got terminator genesis and there's three movies of that coming out not anymore but then james can't Oh, they're not going to do the no other two. No, my understanding is that oh. got that got scrapped. Oh, so my understanding is now the last thing I saw was they're just they're going back to basics and James Cameron because James Cameron hasn't done the last few. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might have had some creative input on Genesis, but um, he really wasn't. Uh, he he definitely I don't think he had anything to do with Terminator Salvation and uh, mm-hmm. Terminator Three. But um, they kind of are. They they said that he's he's basically saying, okay, I'm going to take this, and we're just going to go back to basics, and we're going to start over. Well, wait a minute, though. Wait, like, so the first Terminator doesn't count? I don't know. I don't know if they're going to take it as being because that's what Genesis was supposed to be. Terminator Genesis was supposed to be kind of like pretending that three and four never happened. It's a little oh. bit like the it's a little bit like the new uh, well, not new but um, Superman Returns when they did that one. Okay. They were like saying, okay, well, there's Superman one and there's Superman two with Zod, um, and then Superman three with Richard Pryor and four with Nuclear Man. We're going to pretend those never happened, and Superman mm-hmm. Returns is going to be a sequel to Superman two. So right. we'll just forget the three and four ever happened. Which yeah. I, I'm sorry, but. Drunk Superman and the fight in the uh, in the junkyard. There's no mm-hmm. forgetting that that happened. Those the, the like my favorite parts of almost any movie ever is the Clark Kent Superman fight in the junkyard. Right. Okay. I mean that one's up there. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if they're just gonna say scrap everything and this one will be a total reboot starting over from the beginning, or if they're gonna say okay, look, one and two happened. And then we're going to take this one and go from there. <sighs> so I don't know yet. It's still early enough that I, I'm not entirely sure if they've talked about which route they're going to go with that. Oh, man. But I don't yeah. even know what to think. <laughs> I don't well, even know what to think. That's, well, first of all, let me jump back for just a second. I'll introduce us. Thank you for mm-hmm. listening to the 30-something movie podcast. That's where you are in case you just stumbled in and, and you weren't entirely sure. Uh, I'm it's your host, happening. John Reed. It, it, it's happening. It's happening right now. It's happening in your car, in your ears, on your speakers, wherever you're at. Uh, it's, this is all happening right now. 
right now. We're all fine here now. Uh, how are you? It's a boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're going to have company. Um, and I have with me here Pat Canigallo. Hey, hey, hey. All right. We're going to be talking RoboCop this time around, but let me backtrack just a minute because I did want to talk about this too. Um, did you ever read the comic book, RoboCop versus Terminator? I never did. Oh, I okay. Well, a mere 20 to 30 feet from where I am currently standing in my basement are oh. all of my nearly, I don't even know how many thousand comic books. Um, n- not impressive compared to others' collections, but I think I've got somewhere around 3,000. Um, but somewhere in the Dark Horse Comics section of my comic book shelves that are over here in the basement, I do have the entire, uh, I think it was four-part, four-part um, series of RoboCop versus Terminator. Mm. I am going to bring that to you because at some point you need to read this. Mm -hmm. As a kid, this was the whole idea of, of crossing over two things that are not related as a kid, Mm -hmm. like that ranks up there with me in terms of like time travel stuff. Like if you put something with time travel and alternate realities in front of me, I, you, I am like a fish on a hook. You have hooked me. I'm there. Okay. You know, quantum leap. I'm there. Back to the future. I'm there. Uh, sliders that show I I'm totally there. Cool. Uh, new show that's on right now. Timeless time travel one where they go back and try to, you know, prevent a guy from screwing up American history. I'm there. Mm-hmm. You got me. Um, Robocop versus Terminator. I remember as a kid when that came out, I was like, what? Cause I, I wasn't old enough to see Terminator yet. Um, and I, I don't even think I was old enough to see RoboCop yet, but I knew what they were because the RoboCop had the animated series. They had a cartoon. Right. And I knew what right. Terminator was because, um, how did I know what Terminator was? Maybe from some of the comic books. Well, I knew, okay. how did I know? Was it Terminator 2? I don't remember. Uh, Terminator 2 maybe came out around about the time I got introduced to the RoboCop versus Terminator. And I was living in England at the time, so it came out a little bit later than it did here in the States. But I remember just the idea of, wait a minute, they took two totally unrelated things and they crossed them over? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with, and I got to see if I have this one too, because I'll bring you this one eventually. Um, Another one that was very close to the same time period was Batman versus Predator. Really? Yeah. That's some good stuff. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine. And since then, they've had some other crossovers like that. They had another, in the comic books, they had another one, they had a sequel. There was a Batman Predator 2. And then they had another one that was, um, was it Aliens versus Predator versus Terminator? Okay. So you had all three of them. Um, And then they had another one that was Superman Aliens. Okay. And then they had another one, I think, that was. Batman and Superman versus Aliens versus Predator. Oh, jeez. Like it, it, it just got crazy at some point. Could the, could the Predators uh, or could the Aliens, um, like the facehugger, get to Superman? Or was he like impervious to it? Mm. Or did he just never, did that never come up? In the Superman alien story, he actually was off in space uh, okay. exploring something. And he happened to be in an area of space that did not have a yellow sun. Oh. So he was losing his powers. Oh. I will leave it at that because I also have that series, which I can let you borrow. Oh, jeez. So you, you got some reading to do. I do. Okay. I, I'll, I will supply you with that. Cool. But we'll, we'll, we'll get you hooked up with that. But back to the RoboCop versus Terminator thing. 
I I just remember being fascinated by that comic. And just and I remember a video game came out after that. And so there was mm-hmm. a comic, there was the video game, and I remember there being some talk of maybe there would be a movie um at some point. And I, I used to watch the Robocop TV show. I used to watch the Robocop cartoon. Um right. you know, and and, and so Every time I hear anybody say anything about, oh, they're talking about having a RoboCop versus Terminator movie, I, sign me up. And I, I did. I, I tweeted uh, at James Cameron the other day, and I was like, just you know, just a, a little word from uh, from one of your fans. Um, I'm watching RoboCop, and I really need a RoboCop versus Terminator movie. So, like, anytime you can make that happen would just be amazing. Yes, get on it. Because I feel like I, I feel like now's the time for something like that, you've got all these other comic book superhero movies and they're doing so well. And you've mm-hmm. got, you, you know, I mean, you've got in the Marvel universe where, you know, um, Iron Man can show up in Captain America's movie or, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've got the Thor movie coming up. The Thor movie is supposed to be, people have called it like a buddy cop movie with Thor and Hulk. Okay. And, and then apparently Dr. Strange is going to show up. Right. So, okay. So cool. you've got all these movies now where like somebody else shows up in somebody else's movie and it, wasn't there a wasn't there like a Oh, I'm forgetting what it I feel like there was a Men in Black crossover with something else. Really? Or they were talking about doing a Men in Black crossover with something. Hmm. Yeah. Um but yeah, I mean, so you've got all these opportunities for these franchise and some properties to cross over with each other. I like I feel like now would be an excellent time you could reboot both Terminator and RoboCop and do okay. it in the same movie. Yes. So I am a fan. I say do it right now, right away, make it happen, fire it up, bam. Whatever you gotta do. Yeah. I'm down with that, man. So um all right well backtracking just a little bit but this is uh, episode number 120 we have hit number 120 120 uh, and we're gonna be talking robocop this one is coming out march 15th 2017 uh so beware the ides of march there it is beware okay bum, ba-da, ba-da. there you go um, that's so the ides you, of march man yeah so it's on if vehicle. you uh, yeah you know if you want to commemorate the event by going out and having a caesar salad or um, there it is. Order order a little Caesar's pizza, or um, I, I don't know. Go to Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas. Anything to do with Caesar. Anything to do with Caesar. Whatever you want to do. A two brute. Make it happen. Um. All right. Well, real quick before we get into it, uh, we spoil the events of the movies we talk about. So we are going to spoil stuff that happens in RoboCop. If you have not seen RoboCop. Uh, then please go watch that first, unless you don't care about being spoiled. Go watch it first, and then come on back here and listen. Um, Also, if you have not yet, please feel free to go on over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. Uh, We've had a couple people do that, and so we're we're very thankful, very grateful for that. Thank you so much. Um, We love the fact that that you're enjoying the show. And, uh, you know, again, we've said this before. We just do this because we're having fun. Um, You know, we are not... uh, we're not a high powered radio producers here. We're just, we're just having fun. And we just, we want to, we're going to sit around and talk movies anyway. So we just figured we'd share this with other people and, you know, get some other like-minded people involved. And we'd love to have you in on the conversations too. So uh, I know when I'm sitting in the car listening to podcasts, uh, sometimes I will talk back to the podcast and I don't think that makes mm-hmm. me crazy. No, I don't think so. You just, you know, you know, cause how, I, sometimes how you consume I, and enjoy them. You feel like you're part of the conversation and, and, uh, 
Sometimes they, sometimes other podcasts, they, they get stuff wrong that I know the answer to, and I, I might yell at them a little bit, but it, it's all in, it's all in, in, uh, in good faith. You know, I'm, I'm not yelling as if I'm like right. really angry. You know, I'm, I'm yelling like the way the comic book guy yells in the Simpsons. Exactly. No, I, that is yes. not the correct answer. <laughs> that, that's usually how I do it, but, um, but uh, yeah, so please feel free to go over and leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from uh, and let us know how we're doing because we, you know, like I said, we're doing this for fun, but we do want to make this a, a good show and an entertaining show for you, uh, the listeners. And so we'd love to have you interact with us as much as you are, are wanting to um, and then, you know, make this as, as entertaining as we can for you. So, um, yeah, so this time around, we're going to be talking about RoboCop. And uh, RoboCop came out on July 17th, 1987, rated R. The director is Paul Verhoeven. He did Total Recall, Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers, and Showgirls. One of these things is not like the other. Um, yeah, hello. And actually, that's not true. Basic Instinct and Showgirls are probably a little closer to each other, and then Total Recall and Starship Troopers are... So maybe we can just branch those off into two different sections. Uh, producer on this one yeah. was Arnie yeah. Schmidt. Uh, produced Throw Mama from the Train, The Great Outdoors, We Were Soldiers, and Triple X. Writers for this one were Edward Newmeyer. He did the RoboCop TV series, the animated series, and Starship Troopers. Michael Miner also did the RoboCop TV series, the animated series, and Lawnmower Man 2. Music was done by Basil Polidorus, who died in 2006. He also did music for cool. the Blue Lagoon, Conan movies, Red Dawn, Iron Eagle, White Fang, Hunt for Red October, and Starship Troopers. Um, I'm noticing a pattern in his musical choices for movies. Okay. Did you see what it was? <sighs> Patterns. They're all, they're all colorful. Post. They're all colorful. It's, it's the Blue Lagoon. Okay. Red, Red Dawn. White Okay. Fame, the Hunt for Red October. There it is. It's, it's all colors. I, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Okay. I just noticed that this time, so thought I'd mention it, even though it means absolutely nothing. Uh, budget for this one was $13 million. The box office was $53.4 million. Peter Weller played Alex Murphy, or Robocop. Uh, he was in the mm -hmm. Robocop movies, of course. Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai, Naked Lunch, and Star Trek Into Darkness. Nancy Allen played Anne Lewis. She was in the Robocop movies, Carrie, Blowout, and Dress to Kill. Dan O'Herlihy, who died in 2005, was the old man, the head of OCP. Uh, he was in Failsafe, Halloween 3, and The Last Starfighter. Ronnie Cox played Dick Jones. Um, oh, the irony. Total Recall, Beverly Hills Cop, Deliverance, and Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah. I, did, I just glossed yeah. over that one real fast. Um, there it is. Kurtwood Smith played Clarence Boddicker. He was in Dead Poets Society, Rambo 3, Star Trek 6, and That 70s Show. Uh, Miguel Ferrer, uh, who died in 2017. I played Bob Morton. He was in Star Trek Three, Twin Peaks, Crossing Jordan, NCIS Los Angeles, and Iron Man 3. Uh, Robert Do Doqui, I think it was Doqui, that's how you say it, died in 2008. He played Sergeant Warren Reed. Uh, he was in the Robocop movies, Nashville, Coffee, and Shortcuts. And you know what? The copy I had of the movie, I thought, and I, I know that they said his name was Warren Reed, but the copy of the movie I had, for some weird reason, the... Um, because uh, a lot of times we watch movies with the closed captioning on. Just to, okay. Just to make sure I know what people said or, you know, I don't know. Somehow we've just gotten into the habit of watching movies with, and TV with closed captioning on. Um, in the closed captioning, they called him John Reed. And, really? And, and I got excited. 
I, you should be excited. But then I went and looked it up, and it was like his name is Warren Reed, and everything I found said he's Warren Reed. And I'm like, well, okay. That's fine. He's huh. still a Reed. So it's not spelled right, but he's still a Reed. Uh, he's Irish. It's the Irish Reed, the R-E-E-D. Okay. My, well, there you more, go. My, the R-E-I-D is more the Scottish spelling, so, you know. Well, that's a, two different spellings of the same thing. That's fine. That's fine. Um, you know, we're, we're all Reeds. It doesn't really matter. We're, 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 we're making reads great again is what we're doing. We're working together <laughs> to do that. That's right, man. That's right. Which actually could be a tagline for this movie, making Detroit great again. That's, that was their plan. We could make Detroit great again. I'm sure that plan worked out the same way. Okay, Ray Wise played Leon Nash. Uh, he was in Jeepers Creepers 2. <laughs> Passed that one real fast. Uh, yeah, Jeepers we're going to keep this two. going. Mm-hmm. We're Twin. trying to keep... Trying to stay on the clock here. Trying to stay on the clock. Uh, Twin Peaks, X-Men First Class. Uh, Felton Perry played Johnson. He was in Dumb and Dumber and Magnum Force. Paul McCrane played uh, Emil Antonowski. He was in the 1988 version of The Blob. He was in ER, uh, Shawshank Redemption, and 24. And Jesse D. Goins played Joe Cox. He was in The Greatest American Hero, War Games, and Patriot Games. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics gave this one an 88%. Uh, The audience gave it an 83%. And I've got the Ebert one. I, for, ah, I forgot to look up what Siskel said about it. But you know what? He was wrong on the last few movies, so we don't care. Um, Ebert gave this he's one three her. stars. Yeah, he lost his chance. He, he's in timeout right now. We'll put it that way. I didn't forget to write it down. He's, we're putting him in timeout until he can get mm-hmm. his act together. And he, he's dead, so it's not like that's going to happen. But Your timeout is permanent. You're right. It kind of feels like that should be an Arnold Schwarzenegger line from a movie. Was that not in Kindergarten Cop? I don't know, but you're right. It should be. It sounds like it would be your timeout is permanent. That would be great. Um, Arnold, if you ever make Kindergarten Cop 2, and please do so to erase the junk that Dolph Lundgren did. I'm not even going to talk about that movie again. But if you ever want to make a real Kindergarten Cop 2, feel free. And you can use that line. You don't even have to pay me royalties or anything to be able to use it. Uh, Ebert gave this three stars and said, considering that he spends much of the movie hidden behind one kind of makeup device or another, uh, Peter Weller does an impressive job of creating sympathy for his character. He is more, quote, human, indeed, when he is a RoboCop than earlier in the movie, when he's an ordinary human being. His plight is appealing, and Nancy Allen is effective as the determined partner who wants to find out what really happened to him. Most thriller and special effects movies come right off the assembly line. You can call out every development in advance, and you're usually right. RoboCop is a thriller with a difference. So he really liked it. And and it sounds like a lot of critics really liked liked RoboCop, which is a little surprising because you kind of, at first glance, you look at it and you're like, this is not one that critics are going to like. But uh, CinemaScore gave it an A-, so people liked it uh, that went to go see it. Uh, awards for this one, it got the Oscar for sound effects editing, got a Saturn Award for best sci-fi film, best director, best writing, best makeup, best special effects, and a BMI Film Music Award for Basil Polidorus. Cool. Alex, Alex Murphy is a cocky, gun-twirling cowboy of a cop whose life is cut short when he confronts a gang of criminals without waiting for backup. He gets a second chance at life, if you can call it that, when Omni Consumer Products uses his brain as the basis for their new experimental product, RoboCop. We 
get the best of both worlds, the fastest reflexes modern technology has to offer onboard computer-assisted memory and a lifetime of on-the-street law enforcement programming. It is my great pleasure to present to you Robocop. This guy is really good. He's not a guy, he's a machine. Old Detroit has a cancer. Cancer is crime. Let the woman go, you are under arrest. You, you better back up, pal! Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot! You recorded every word you said. You're dead! We killed you! His memory's admissible as evidence! You're gonna have to kill it. The future of law enforcement. Okay, so the story takes place in Detroit, but all of the location filming was actually done in Dallas, Texas. Um, huh. And I, I grew up in Dallas, but I was little when I was there, so I can't say. I mean, there are a few times where I see buildings that are like, that looks kind of familiar. Um, mm-hmm. But and when they do like wide shots of the city, like the skyline of the city, they did use um, like establishing shots like that. They did use stock footage that they had of Detroit um, for oh, that okay. stuff. But when you get in close to like buildings and on the streets and things like that, it was all filmed in Dallas. Um, oh, okay. And I think some of the oh, I forget was it OCP? Maybe it was Dallas City Hall. Um, okay. No, I forget. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, most of the location filming was actually done in Dallas, Texas. And oh, apparently it was cool. a very hot summer when they were filming it. So, um, yeah, I, I remember I, reading about that. I'm sure that was very comfortable inside the Robocop suit. Um, okay. So I've got a couple things here that I, I was able to pull off of, uh, some other websites had some background on the movie. Uh, it was it said it was a discovered that when in full RoboCop costume, Peter Weller could not fit properly into the police car as he was too bulky. So most of the shots of him show him exiting the car or preparing to get into it. Um, for shots where he actually needed to be in the car, he only wore the top part of the costume and sat in his underwear. Um, <laughs> so most times when you see him like getting out of the car, it like they show his feet stepping out of the car. You don't actually see his whole body get out of the car. Uh, this one I thought was kind of interesting. This one, again, I, I pulled this off of uh, Wikipedia. I thought this was kind of a fun story. So director Paul Verhoeven and, ba- and Rob Botten, uh, who was the makeup guy, clashed repeatedly before and during production over the design and makeup of the RoboCop character. What they argued about most was the scene where Murphy takes off his helmet. Botten wanted the scene to be filmed in a darkened area, fearing that the harsh light would reveal too much of the makeup effects. Verhoeven wanted the scene to be filmed as brightly as possible, citing the director of photography, hmm. Jost Vakeno, would be able to light it properly without revealing anything. Verhoeven got his way, and Botten refused to talk to him any further for the remainder of the production. However, at the premiere, both men were so impressed with how the scene had turned out, they instantly forgave each other. Botten, who had even vowed to never work again with Verhoeven, happily accepted the offer to work on Verhoeven's next project, Total Recall, in 1990. One of the things that, I, that they did do with the lighting of the movie 
because they mm-hmm. they tried to light you know the way where they would normally light human actors didn't work and they had glare that was coming off of the robocop uh outfit so instead okay. they told the director of photography and the lighting guys light it as if you were lighting a car oh so pretend this is an auto show and you're lighting a car light it that way if you've got a really shiny car let's do the lighting that way and so that's what they ended up doing for all the the robocop scenes oh well that's cool yeah um, another interesting thing, the I'd buy that for a dollar line that keeps getting yeah. repeated. Yeah. So, uh, and I know we've reused, like we've used that several times. Oh, just in yeah. Normal, oh, yeah. I don't know how that comes up in normal conversation, but, um, apparently comes from a Cyril Kornbluth sto- short story called the marching morons, uh, which presents a kind of a cynical view of an over commercialized future that is desensitized to violence and war. There's a radio game show in that short story that uses the line, I'd buy that for a quarter, as kind of its signature oh. phrase. So that, uh, now I want to go read that short story because it's, it's got kind of a similar, uh, similar yeah. take on the future that RoboCop does. Um, oh, the, uh, the secretary that Clarence Boddicker kind of flirts with when he goes to OCP um, was actually Kurtwood Smith, the actor who plays Clarence Boddicker, the bad guy. Uh, that yeah. was actually his real wife in real life. Really? So he was flirting with his wife. Huh. Uh, okay, last thing I've got here. Go. Yeah, so the last thing I've got here is the music. Actually, so here we were talking about RoboCop and Terminator. The music that they put in the RoboCop trailer before the movie came out was actually music from the Terminator. They had to kind of change that because people mistakenly started believing this was a sequel to the Terminator. Really? So they're like, oops, yeah, let's not do that anymore. Because people were hearing the Terminator music and thinking, oh, giant robotic guy. Okay, this must be like Terminator 2. And and they're just calling (laughs) it RoboCop. So apparently the music confused everybody. Okay. Doesn't music confuse you? John, on a daily basis. (laughs) All right. So when was the first time you saw this? Uh, well, it's funny, and if you remember from uh, last last week when I was talking about Lethal Weapon, I got to call the same thing. I honestly think I was at a sleepover with some buddies, and we watched the second one. And then I was like, oh, okay, yeah, and then it kind of came out like, you've never seen the first RoboCop? What the heck? Why'd you watch the second one first? And then I think we went back and watched the first one, and it was late middle school, early high school, at least when the second one had come out. But here's, I think here's I a better, that here's a better question. A better question is, did you ever sleep at home? Um, not that I recall. Okay. I mean, I feel like every story, every story we have, you're at a sleepover. Well, whenever there's like exciting movies, I mean, that's where we ended up seeing them all. That's true. That or, you know, my folks had rent them. And so, so yeah. Okay. I, I, so, I, just, I yeah. just didn't know. Maybe you like never slept at home when you were a kid. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just count the okay. days that I was at home. Okay. All right. You know. Well, mine was probably the same way. Well, and again, here I go criticizing your sleepover story. And I think mine was probably the same because I remember the first time I ever saw Terminator. First time I ever saw the Terminator was at a sleepover party. Uh, That was also one of the first times I ever saw Army of Darkness, which is a great movie. Okay. There it is. Um, We also watched Universal Soldier. Um, Ah, Universal Soldier. That's a fun one. Nice. Um, what else do we? And, and we we like played. Um, is it on the Super Nintendo? Might have been on the Super Nintendo. We played um, Street Fighter Two, like until our thumbs were totally raw. That's right, man. Was a, which that was which a version? Really, that was a busy, Champions, 
championship version, hyper version, turbo no, hyper version, uh, turbo was, hyper alpha. Yeah, the turbo turbo hyper hyper alpha omega. Why not just come beta. out with Street Fighter Three? No, just no, keep no. adding words to mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, why don't you just tell me what kind of Street Fighter Two version? You want? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was just Street Fighter Two Turbo Edition. Okay. They uh, they didn't have those others yet. They didn't have Championship. They didn't have the Turbo Ultra. Whatever the yeah, they didn't have all those yet. Um, but yeah, I feel like the first time seeing RoboCop was probably at one of those sleepover parties. Um, right, living in England um, over at one of my friends' houses, and and uh, you know. This kind of stuff, these kind of movies, they just—they've always fascinated me. And for me, this is like a, this is like a whole period of time where these are some of my favorite movies ever. Not just from the '80s, but favorite movies ever. Where you've got the—it's either the alien or the robot or the cyborg or the whatever. So I kind of lump these in with Alien, Predator, Terminator, RoboCop. I kind of throw this all together in this big chunk of movies that I absolutely loved from this time period. And sure. the great part about that was, is I, I was also, well, I say was, um, you know, I also, I also collect comic books. And at the time, uh, the company Dark Horse Comics had the rights to, um, and they, they still have the rights to some of these. They had the rights to Alien, Predator, RoboCop, and Terminator. Okay. And so they were they were putting out more stories. They were putting out more RoboCop stories. They were putting out Terminator stories. They were putting out Aliens, Predator, and they were phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. I, RoboCop might have been, and I, I admit I didn't read a lot of the RoboCop comics that Dark Horse did. I read a ton. I, I think I read everything um, that they had from Terminator. I read everything uh, Alien at the time um, and, and read a lot of the Predator stuff too. But... Um, and that was where kind of like, you know, as kids, when we'd play with the Star Wars toys, the toys would come out, right. we'd play with the toys and we'd make up our own stories. Right. I, I didn't even have to make up stories. Well, because they didn't have, other than RoboCop, they didn't really have Terminator toys or Predator toys. Um, so my only other way to get extra stories beyond what I saw in these movies was these comic books. And I just remember being totally fascinated with the the ideas that they were bringing out in the rest of these stories and, you know, getting to see things that weren't just confined to the movies that we watched. Um, but yeah. And, and just, I mean, just the whole idea of you've got this guy who died and they're using his brain as the basis for this new robotic cop. And, and yet there's yeah. you've still got that struggle of he's in there somewhere, even though he's technically dead and he's technically not supposed to have any of his memories. He's not supposed to dream. Um, right, you know, but he's still got all of that stuff still inside of him. It kind of like a, uh, a little bit like I, I kind of chalk it up to being a little bit like a Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got this uh, instead of having the cop tracking down the robots, you've actually got a robot cop that's tracking down the uh, the evil humans. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, movies like this, I, I just have always liked movies like this. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that was you know the the joke going into this month, like. These movies are awesome. This is going to be awesome. This is good. But the truth is, they, they are. Now, I mean, you know, are they the, the best acting, the best? Of the, the, well, maybe not. But, I mean, just really interesting characters, interesting 
what am I, situations. It's just, it's just, they, they're real unique, interesting stories. Yeah. Or basis of a story. If you get what I'm trying to say. Right. Well, in this movie, it kind of surprised me how much of a social critique this movie was, mm-hmm. how much of a satire this movie is. And in watching it, it's it's probably been, no, it really hasn't been that long, I guess. It's probably been maybe like a year or two since I've watched RoboCop, the first RoboCop again. I think I went okay. back, they might have been on Netflix a year or two ago, and I feel like I went back and rewatched one, two, and three. Um Okay. I want to say they were all there on the, at the same time because I remember going back and watching all three of them back to back and, you know, watching it this time around, I don't know if I was just paying more attention to it because I knew we were going to talk about it here on the show, but um, I was like, you know what? Th- this movie is actually a lot deeper than you think it is. Like it's not just, mm-hmm. it's not just some weird throwaway little sci-fi movie that has a robot cop that shoots things and blows stuff up there's actually some stuff going on here. Like you, you know, some of the social stuff, you've got the, the cops that are talking about going on strike and that whole, that whole right. aspect of it, of, you know, they're, you know, they're, it's, they're threatened. Their job is being threatened to be replaced by this company who's taken over. Um, you know, this corporation has come in has taken over the police force and they're going to replace these cops who have dedicated their lives to, you know, helping people out and, and serving and protecting and all that. And they're going to be replaced by, robots or they're going to be you know replaced by this uh corporation who you know their concern is is more money and profits than it is necessarily to you know do what it is that cops are trained and mm-hmm. and hired to do and not that, that relates to education in any way um mm-hmm. you know and and some of the things that we might be worried about as teachers cuz that I mean that's certainly not happening to our profession at all by any stretch uh-huh. of the imagination mm, none no don't see it at all. No. Mm-mm. Well, it, you know, and it's funny because even just... But you know, sometimes the, the, DeVos, uh, the devil's in the details, but, um, you know. <laughs> Speaking of allegory. <clears throat> so, you know, and it's funny what you were just mentioning right now. I mean, that's the big uh, uh, point, counterpoint that's going on right now with, like, American manufacturing jobs and how much of this is really, you know, outsourcing is a problem, but... How much of it is just automation that's kind of causing some of these jobs to disappear? So, I mean, you know, when you were uh, just just now when you were saying that, it was like that that connection. It's sitting right there, dead center in the movie. But that that connection, I never really made. And now it's just like, oh yeah, oh hello, that's that's kind of what this is. Yeah. When you've got all the stuff of where you know Detroit, and and I mean, look at what happened to Detroit. You know, 20 years after this, it, it basically the city had filed for bankruptcy and mm-hmm. it kind of became the Detroit of the Robocop movies. Um, and so you've got that whole whole talk of like the, you know, the we'll see, urban pacification and the, you know, they're going to they're going to, you know, take out old Detroit and replace it with this new bright shining uh, city that they're going to create. Uh, what was it? Delta City. Is that what it was called? I think it was Delta City. Yeah, I might be for, I might be remembering that wrong, but you know their whole plan to you know clean up the clean up the okay. streets, tear down the buildings, and you know start yeah, something new. It's, I you know what, I, and you're gonna laugh. I mean, I keep thinking it. I think it was Delta City because okay. I keep wanting to say like Star City or Starling, but that's that's Arrow. that's that's Arrow, isn't yeah. it? That's something else. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is Delta City. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, well, so now here, um, one of the questions I was going to ask was, do you think that the satire, the social critique in the movie holds up today? Is it something that is still an issue? And we've kind of already hinted at that. It's like, well, you know, yeah. we, we as teachers sometimes are concerned. You know, there's, there's reasons that we got into teaching, and it's not because mm-hmm. we are the evil people that we are sometimes, you know, the evil, money-hungry people that we are portrayed as being. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. although I got into teaching for the paycheck. I don't know about anybody else. Um, yeah. I, I like the, totally. the, the, that sweet, fat paycheck that comes every time. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and in all seriousness, I, I love my job and, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm jokingly belittling, you know, the paycheck and all that. I, I'm, I'm doing fine. You know, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and buy a Porsche anytime soon, but, um, I've got a job and I enjoy my job and it's not, a, for me, it's right. not about the paycheck, but I, even though I say that I joke about the, the, you know, teacher paycheck thing, uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm making light of the fact that I am employed and, right. and all that. Right. Um, but you know, making that connection to, well, there's some stuff that we're worried about right now because we are, there's, there's a section of the population that would like nothing more than for, uh, education to be privatized and, mm-hmm. you know, to have these companies come in because they feel like, you know, the, some of the same stuff you have with the cops and RoboCop, they feel like the, the unions and the cops uh, that are there are not capable of doing their jobs. And so we're going to bring in, Somebody who can, you know, cut it down, okay, cut it down to the bottom line, and and save money, and you know, do this more efficiently, effectively, and businesslike, and you know, so that's some stuff that I know we're concerned about, and I'm, I'm sure more, more jobs and more uh, industries are concerned about. Um, so to me, that part of the satire, that part of the kind of social critique, holds up a little bit. Um, let me throw this out here too, because this is something I was thinking about. If they were to do a RoboCop remake today, and I know they did mm-hmm. one in 2014. Yeah. I think it was did 2014. Um, did you ask, did I see it? Yeah. Yeah, I did, I did see that one. And I liked it. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. You know, I, I, it's, I don't like it better than this RoboCop movie, but, um, mm. you know, I, I thought they did, had a, a, a decent job of, of remaking it. So here's, a, here's an idea I just had. Just that I didn't think of this ahead of time, so I'm just throwing this out here right now. Okay. If they were to do another RoboCop remake, if they were to do this again, because I don't think they're going to do any sequels based off of the one they made in 2014. I don't think it did well enough. Um, mm-hmm. What if, because that, that whole social criticism has always been part of the RoboCop movies, um, what if RoboCop was a response to some of the... Um, Blue Lives and Black Lives Matter. Okay. What if they built a RoboCop to say, okay, look, you know, we've had, we've had, and I know I'm, I'm getting into dangerous political territory here that we don't normally like to get into, um, mm-hmm. but I'm wondering, what if, as part of the basis of the story, you, you followed that line of, of questioning or logic and said, okay, well, we've put cameras on cops, we've given them body cameras, but what if that's not enough? What if people, mm-hmm. you know, take it so far to say, hey, look, human error or human bias or human prejudice is either what's getting people killed or, you know, people are making decisions that end up being wrong in the heat of the moment or whatever, whatever the Mm -hmm. answer to that question is. What if the premise of a new RoboCop story is RoboCop is the attempt to try to fix that and solve that? 
Mm-hmm. I, to me, that seems like an interesting idea. Like that would be an interesting new way to take it because I'm I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly how the 2014 RoboCop was different. I don't think it was too different in terms. I of, don't. I don't remember it. I don't remember it being like deeper in terms of social commentary. Right. I remember it as, as maybe going the other route and just making it more of like an action movie. Right. Like there was some of that because you still had uh, Sam Jackson was still like the news reporter that would bring up the stuff about war and terrorism and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but yeah, I wonder if that, I wonder if that might be an interesting way if, if somebody were to remake it today, mm-hmm. would that be in, in following with that whole social criticism part of it, would that be a route would that be a solid enough story to take that idea right. or, or is that, you know, something that we in, in a sci-fi movie, do we just stay away from that? Well, I, I, you know, that's, that's a really, that's a, I don't know. It's a fine line. And I, you know, times, times have changed, but boy, and I, I don't know that I'm the one that's really should be speaking on this because like I said, I mean, I live in a neighborhood where, you know, we really support our police and our, you know, everything's, you know, it's, it's not like a high crime area where, you know, you, you see some of the problems that you see in, you know, uh, cities or, or other locations. So it's kind of hard to say, you know, how is that going to be viewed by, by the populace? Right. So I don't know. That's, that's very hard to say. That's very hard to say. And, you know, the other thing, too, is when you look at this um, at the risk of going too deep but i mean you notice that all the robocop and the the um ed209 and all of that are they are a very militaristic look at the police yeah you know what i'm saying i mean ed209 the urban pacification i mean that's like a big like that you know not like a tank because it's got legs but it's just a big robot with really big guns i mean it's like right okay and when you look, it, it seems that, well, obviously there's one aspect that I remember speaking with some law enforcement that, you know, people that were saying um, equipping police officers with long rifles was going to become more common because many times, you know, if there's an active shooter situation and there are any sort of a distance that, you know, a handgun is not going to be as accurate as the gun that, you know, the bad guy for lack of a better term, might be walking around with. So in one sense, you know, you, you want to make sure that the police are armed to be able to handle any uh, threat appropriately. But then in the same token, you know, I, I have done talking and speaking and listening and, and reading about it. And so much of it is not, you know, what kind of firepower, but just, you know, personal relationships. And how do they have relationships with, um, the people in the neighborhoods that they have to patrol, you know, and trying to make the race makeup of the police force match more closely to the neighborhoods that they have to patrol, you know, and just it's, it's that relationship with the community that really helps out with that. So, you know, in that sense, uh, uh, do you get my meaning? I mean, do you get where yeah. I'm going oh, with yeah. that or am I being too, Random. So in, in that sense, you know, it's you could say, OK, you know, from the automation standpoint, yeah, that would definitely bring up some interesting questions. But then in the same token, you know, you, you know, a movie like that would have to 
for it to, I think for it to work today, because people are wanting realism mm-hmm. uh, today, I, I think you'd really have to explore that and not only, okay, well, this is a, a, a machine that's just going to, you know, select the best option and handle the situation, but it's also, you know, how does it interact with people? And at least at this stage, machines can't do that on a, the same level that, you know, like make pretend sci-fi on a realistic level. Machines can't relate the same way that like sci-fi machines can, right. You know, you don't have Lieutenant commander datas or any of those kind of things walking around. So I, I think that that's where with that kind of a movie, I think that's where you'd run into problems is, uh, is is that, did that make sense? Was that coherent enough? I kind of had a bunch of thoughts on it kind of all week. And I, I looked it up real quick. The 2014 RoboCop, it kind of was dealing a little bit more with like surveillance and drones uh, as okay. kind of one of its themes. Um, okay. And so it, some of it, some of it had to do with that. So it was maybe a little bit less social commentary and a little bit more commentary on like military and technology and and surveillance and and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I that that thought just occurred to me. It's like you know that's the whole idea of policing um, and you know, how do you, how do you police neighborhoods that are high in crime? You know, if you were to take the example of we're talking about, you know, Detroit and, you know, up until this year in, in some of the presidential speeches, you, you know, now it's apparently Chicago. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, people would think of Detroit as being like the most crime ridden war zone type city, which is why RoboCop, was supposed to be set in Detroit. Um, you know, I, I just wonder if, I, I wonder if that would be the modern equivalent um, would be to set this, well, maybe have it set in Chicago, um, would be to set this in a city that is high crime and because it, it does have more of that social commentary piece to it, um, have it be, you know, based on a commentary of policing and how do we balance, you know, because for as much as, for as much as we want every decision to be made 100%, you know, perfectly thought out and reasoned, at the same time, there are split-second decisions that involve so much more than what a computer could possibly handle, you know, similar to what you were saying. Is it just, that to me would be an interesting thing to explore if they wanted to remake another RoboCop and to do it Mm -hmm. with the issues of today. Right. So. Right. All right. Well, well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, too, that even when you look at um, these movies or the, the RoboCop, these movies, RoboCop and Lethal Weapon, you know, the bad guys in these movies, I mean, it's clear that it's like the bad guys are really bad guys. Right. And I think. Uh, at the well, risk I'm, I'm, may- I'm sorry. If Gary Busey approaches me on a dark street, I, I probably would just, you know, if I was a cop, I think I would draw my gun and shoot no matter what. Yeah, I know, especially with some of the ways he plays those characters. Uh-huh. I did, Gary I, Busey and Kurtwood Smith, if either one of them approached me in a dark alley, I, I'm sorry, but they're gone. Yeah, that's just, yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, it's really, there's very little gray area. And I think that was what made some of those 80s movies so fun and easy to look back to is that it was supposed to be fantasy and it was the clearly defined, these are the bad guys, these are the good guys. And so 
you know, I, I think that's what makes these movies work is that you don't have the, okay, well, is this guy, you know, sort of a bad guy, but was in the wrong place at the wrong time. And, you know, I think that, 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 that realistic piece that uh, uh, law enforcement has to deal with today and probably back then they just didn't make movies about it back then. And no one really talked about it back then. Um, but I think this, that aspect of it, I think in a, in a movie for today, I think that's, I think that's one of the pieces that makes those movies look like they're from the eighties. Um, and last week we were talking about lethal weapon and the action and this, I, I think it's just that, you know, it's like the bad guys, it's absolute. They are, you know, they are really bad guys. All right. Well, I, we went heavy there for a while on the uh, we, we, we social did. commentary. I, that's okay, though. We can do that every now and then, um, mm-hmm. as long as we don't make a habit out of it. But right. uh, so maybe a little bit lighter question: um, favorite movie that features a cyborg? Well, let's let's let's. Well, I mean, obviously, Terminator. Mm-hmm. This. What else features a cyborg? Um, is Data a cyborg? Well, technically, he's an android. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking the same thing. Um, now, I just now, had one now, in my head the, and I lost it. The uh, Borg in Borg, Star Trek that's, that's are um, Borg, yeah. cyborgs. Uh, so, I mean, you could use that as your in for talking about Star Trek. but Right, right. Uh, what about... Blade Runner? Are those androids or are those cyborgs? I guess those are androids. Well, are they? Or well. yeah, if, if, I think it's if it's one hundred percent synthetic, then it's that a cyborg would have to be some real and part some human part, yeah. right? Hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Let's say cyborgs or androids or robots. Yeah. We'll just we'll open that up there. So yeah, you've got well, like, I, you know, I, you've got I'm just like, the, go you've got like the Terminator. Then you've got, um, you know, you've got uh, uh, what did I just say? Uh, Blade Runner. Um, not that it's getting late, but um, starting to forget what I just said two seconds ago. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have you got? You've got well, you mentioned you mentioned them. Uh, we've got the RoboCop movies. We've got. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Oh, well, we mentioned Universal Soldier. I think right. Those are, are kind of like cyborgs. Um, what else was there? Hmm. I'm 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 finding this list harder to create. Mm-hmm. Sort of like singing the second verse of Frosty the Snowman. Mm-hmm. I just kind of. Well, there's um, there's iRobot. Yes. That was another good one. Uh, did you ever see the movie Surrogates with Bruce Willis? Mm-hmm. I did not. That, that's kind of an interesting one. It's, uh, I think it came out in like the late 2000s, maybe like around 2009, 2010. And um, the idea of the movie was that people, uh, it's a little bit like the Matrix, but like people are in their houses and they're plugged in to computers and they don't mm-hmm. really ever leave home. And so they are interacting with each other as robots out in the world. 
So oh. the the robot, the surrogate, is the robot, and um, they are. So you could be you and you, I think, and I'm blanking out on part of the story, but I think that Bruce Willis. I want to say that he is married, and yet he and his wife have not seen each other in person in years. Now they've dealt with each other outside as their surrogate robots, but they haven't actually, they're both living in the same house. Ugh, they haven't actually weird. seen each other in years. And I think that Bruce Willis has to, he's a cop and he has to come out into the real world because there's a murder case where people are killing um, other people's surrogates. Huh. I, don't know, I remember it being kind of a fun movie. Um, it's, cool. uh, it's been a while since I've seen it, but so if you need a, if you need a robot movie to add to your list, then surrogates, uh, what about short circuit? Well, yeah, that would be robot. I mean, obviously not it's cyborg, but circuit. that would be, yeah. but he's alive. He is alive. Johnny five is alive. So, um, you got the, the $6 million man mm-hmm. from the TV show, the old TV show. So of all those, which one's your favorite? Well, it, boy, this is this is kind of like Okay, I'm going to make a food reference here. Oh, this you is can like even do R2D2 like, and C3PO if you wanted to. Yeah, see, okay, so I'm definitely making a, a food reference here. Okay, do it. So it's like when we have the chili cook-off at work. Yeah. Okay, when we have the chili cook-off, there's 12 different kinds of chili, but it's all chili and you can rate it. Mm-hmm. When we have the soup cook-off, you know, you might have like chicken noodle you might have a minestrone. You might have, you know, like the soups all are much more diverse. So it's kind of hard to, to rate all those together because they, they seem like that's kind of like this, like trying to pick, your, you know, robot slash cyborg slash android slash. That's that's hard because they're all yeah. very. You know, they're all very different. They're all very different. And some of them explore droids as characters like in a star wars setting um then in some of them like what we're talking about is okay machine versus man um you know a social commentary like the bigger picture of machines taking over for man and will that work and then some of them are you know the machines are just like just that machines but highly advanced from the future and they're trying to kill us all. So we've got to stop them. You know, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, that's hard because it's, they're, they're, they all seem to be strikingly different. You know, what about you, man? What's your, what's your take? I, if we're talking cyborgs, like a mixture of the human and the robot, I, I think I got to go RoboCop. I okay. Think I got to go this movie as my, as my number one. Um, hmm. If we're talking straight up robots, I might have to go uh, R2 and 3PO from Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I Well, yeah, I mean, I because I got the same problem. Then I'm like, well, they're, they're all so different in that I, mm-hmm. I really like, I really like the whole question of not knowing necessarily where, whether certain people are robots in, say, like Blade Runner, for example. Okay, yeah. Um, and you've got the new Blade Runner that's coming out. Uh, what is it? This year, next year? Sometime, mm-hmm. I forget. Next. You've got the new one that's coming out. Um, yes. 
you know, it's you've got that. Like I like I like Blade Runner for that reason, and just because it's a good movie. Um, I like RoboCop for the balance of the like the action, and then a little bit of that man versus machine kind of thing. Of what mm-hmm. is he more of? Is he still more human, or is he is he more machine now than man? Twisted mm-hmm. and evil. Um, you know, and then just for like fun robot stuff, just the straight up R2D2 C3PO. Right. So, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, kind of, I kind of break my own rules by doing that, but I, I think I gotta say like for different categories, I like Robocop. I like Blade Runner. I like Star Wars. Right. Well, and yeah, say Star Wars, cause that's more than C3PO and R2D2, but I mean, there you got Darth Vader. I mean, Darth Vader's the, what the line you just said, he's, he's more machine. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so I guess Darth Vader would be a cyborg. Yeah. Okay, missed that one. Only like the biggest cyborg in history. <laughs> biggest <laughs> ever. A, apparently it is getting late because now I'm starting to forget Star Wars stuff. <laughs> All right, well, last question here. Oh. And, and, and using, the, using the sense that the, the phrase means that you have witnessed something amazing whether it's whether it's a, a person or an event or a thing or whatever it might be, okay. what would you buy for a dollar? What would I buy for a dollar? <laughs> the list, man, I don't know. The list is uh, the list is long but distinguished. Uh, what would you buy for a dollar, John? You got you got you got to oh, got something there. Man, I a really good deep dish pizza. Okay, I'll buy that for a dollar. That that's the answer I'm going to give on the podcast. Yes. Um, uh, oh no! Here we go. The opportunity to get to witness behind the scenes, maybe even be an extra in either a DC, Marvel, or Star Wars movie. Oh, there you go. I'd buy that for a dollar. Nice. I've never thought about applying that line in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd buy that for a dollar. Because my, I mean, my understanding—I mean, we all using it. We we all use it in kind of a joking way. Of, I'd buy that for a dollar, um, right? You know, and and take that uh, tone of voice in in whatever uh, whatever interpretation you will. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think the meaning of it is supposed to be like that's something so amazing and fantastic that. Wow. Right, I'd buy that for a dollar. Right, it's 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 a uh, sarcasm. Is it sarcasm? Is that the word? Um, yeah, maybe amazement it's, and it's... sarcasm. Maybe amazement with a little hint of sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we we I totally forgot uh, favorite quotes. Favorite quotes. Oh man. Okay, I, I got a few of them here. I'll rattle some off, and then if I miss any, you can you can tell me what yours are. Sounds Dead or good. alive, you're coming with me. Ah, that one's awesome. Basically, anything Robocop great. says. Yes. And then, then obviously, there's the I'd buy that for a dollar, which we use all the time. Um, come quietly or there will be trouble. Yeah. Your move, yeah. creep. Or how about when he's at the school talking to the kids? Yeah. Do you have a message for the kids here, Robocop? Stay out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Or as he's walking out of the, I think he's walking out of the police station. Excuse me, I have to go. Somewhere there is a crime happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do like the, um, after, uh, 
after RoboCop stabs uh, Clarence Boddicker after they kill him. And they're, mm-hmm. uh, they're kind of in that uh, industrial area. And Lewis is injured and on the ground. And, yes. and uh, he's trapped. Like he's trapped under the yeah, and, and And he's like, Lewis, Lewis, which, you know, he's yelling it as if he's human. So it's kind of out, outside of that, uh, you know, he's not as much a robot right there. And she goes, Murphy, I'm a mess. And he goes, they'll fix you. They fix yeah. everything. Yeah, that's yeah. And it's, I, I like I, that. And I like, and so I, I agree with Ebert when he said in his review of it is that he's almost more human when he is RoboCop than he was when mm-hmm. he was Murphy. Mm. And I like mm. that. I like especially scenes like that. It's you know he's he's a robot, so he doesn't get tired. He doesn't get exhausted. But in that scene, just the way he says it, he's like, "They'll fix you. They fix everything." You can tell he's like, "Oh man, I've." It's almost like RoboCop is with with delivering that line. It's almost like RoboCop RoboCop is saying, "I'm getting too old for this." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's like his exactly. It's it's his Murtaugh. Right. I've got you know what? It's funny, and we're talking about that scene. I've got only two gripes with the whole movie. Yeah. Okay. Gripe one is when they're in the shooting range and RoboCop first appears, and they're kind of panning down the shooting range. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you notice this, but the last guy in line. The gun is empty, and you can tell it because the slide action is back. You know, it's, they, they pop back when they're empty, okay. and he's, he's still holding the gun out like he's shooting. <laughs> and it's like, it's pretty noticeable. If you watch okay. it again and you go the first time when RoboCop shows up at the shooting range, yeah. and they're panning down, the guy in the far end is holding the gun out, but the, the slide action is back, so it's empty. It okay. couldn't shoot anything. But he's still holding it out like it is. And that kind of drives me nuts. But then the other thing that kind of, drives me nuts is when Clarence Bodiger stabs Robocop with the big metal pipe Mm -hmm. and it cuts through the armor. Yeah. I'm kind of like, dude, that thing was supposed to withstand like those big guns on the ED 209 and all the little machine gun fire. And and he's just going to stab through it. Really? That doesn't make any sense. So the, 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 the breaking through of the, uh, the, the failure of the realism at that point. Yeah. 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 And I, I know gotcha. that's bad, and it's like, dude, no, you're no, watching a movie about a cybernetic cop from the future that's like, I'm like, I know. But those are the little things I fixate on. Right. I'm just saying. Right. Sorry about that. Um, I, I think my, my, my last two here uh, for some of the quotes is uh, at the very end when, um, when uh, Dick Jones has got the old man and he's, he's holding a gun up to him. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Robocop, I think he makes a comment. And says he, he made a comment earlier and said I'm not allowed to uh, do something like I'm not allowed to do anything. Uh, I'm not allowed to arrest an officer of OCP, right, or something like that. And so the old man, you know, says, "Dick, you're fired." And all of a sudden, on RoboCop's heads-up display, you see Directive just, Four disappears, <laughs> and and he just goes, "Thank you," and then and then shoots him. Yeah, he flies out the window. Yeah. Um, and I I have always loved the way this movie ends because it ends so fast. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other resolution. There's no, like you didn't have everybody, you know, out on the RoboCops out on the street and everybody's crowding around and having a big party. You know, it's nothing like that. It ends with nice shooting son. What's your name? Murphy. And it goes right straight to the music, straight to the RoboCop title. The Yeah. And I've always liked how that ended. I'm like that, that actually is pretty cool. Like there didn't need to be yeah. any other wrap up to it. 
he, you know, he said his human name when someone asked him what his name was, because he had been asked earlier by Lewis. He's like, what's your name? Do you know who you are? What's your name? And he didn't say anything. He didn't respond to her. And I, I just like that that's how the movie ends, that it's like, we don't need to do anything else here. You don't need, we don't need a right. medal. This isn't Star Wars. You don't need a medal ceremony at the end. Um, it's RoboCop. He did his job. He, he completed his mission. And he now knows who he is. And movie's over. Right. And, and I want to say that the movie almost had a feel, low budget is the wrong term, but they, they, it's almost like, it's almost like they left it a little bit rough around the edges mm-hmm. just for that purpose. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's, it and, almost and had, maybe that's, well, maybe that's the director because I kind of feel like uh, total recall feels the same way to me. Okay. And he did total recall too. Okay. So I kind of, I, maybe it's just his style. Could be. Yeah. yeah. Good movies. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, okay. So for this one, let's say, um, uh, how many d- directives out of four would you give RoboCop? We've got the, we've got the directive one through four. So you, out of four directives, how many directives would you give this one? I'd say three, three and a half. Okay. What about you? Okay. I, I think I'd give this one four. Okay. Like I'm, I'm a big RoboCop fan. And you know what? Until uh, something about watching it this time, you know, the other times that I've watched this movie, and I've watched it several times, the other times I've watched it, I, I really liked it. And somehow, I, I don't know what it was about this time. Watching it this time, I was like, you know what? I, I really, I really like this movie. I And I it has more depth to it than I even thought it did from watching it mm-hmm. before. Um, I don't know if maybe I was watching it while I was grading papers or maybe I was just watching it in the background and doing something else while I was watching it the other times. But this time I like, I sat and I watched it and I really paid attention to it. And, you know, I, I, for some reason this time I had more appreciation for it than I had ever watching it before. Right. So, yeah. Right. So I gotta, I gotta give it four out of four. Yeah, you know if what? If there's a secret fifth directive, I'd give it a fifth directive too, but... Okay, okay. I don't know if I can go through super secret, like, fifth directive, but I'll right. give it four directives out of four. Yeah. I th- I, it's just, yeah, you know? It's RoboCop, man. It's, it's a unique movie. It's good. Yeah, I'll go four out of four. Okay. I, I wasn't trying to sway you or anything. You can... No, man, I'm, I'm easily swayed on this one. Okay. I think, right. you know, I, I, like I said, I'm feeling happy. There you go. Um, we're, in, we're in March. It's action month, and so I'm yeah. going four out of four for this one. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, um, you know, we'll we'll leave RoboCop to make uh, Detroit great again, and mm-hmm. uh, we will. Um, I, just, I threw that one in there one more time. Just uh, it's 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 your you're on a roll tonight, just man. I, I felt like it. You know, I, I'm gonna start getting more and more punchy. I guess as as this year goes on, depending on what happens. But uh, that's a totally yeah. different podcast. That's uh, yes, yeah, yeah that's <clears throat> a different. Yeah. Um, all right. So in the meantime, uh, you can, where can you find us? Well, you can find us at three zero podcast.com. That's our website. That's got all the different ways that you can reach us. Uh, it's where we post up our episodes so you can listen there, or it's got links that will take you to subscribe on iTunes, on your Android device, on Google play, Stitcher, Satchel, all those different places where you can find us. Uh, it's got links to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are most active on Twitter. So if you want to get a heads up on what we're doing, uh, movies that are coming out, um, uh, surveys and polls that we put out, uh, those most times are going to go through Twitter. So we'd love for you to join us there and follow our uh, follow and, and retweet and all that stuff. Um, 
if you uh, if you can jump on iTunes, we'd love it if you could go jump on iTunes and rate the show there on iTunes. The more ratings we get, the more people will be able to find the show. So please, it doesn't take very long to do it. Uh, I actually went on and, and rated a few uh, other podcasts today just to kind of show my appreciation for the, the work that they put into it because a vast majority of people podcasting are not getting paid for it. So uh, right. I feel like that's a – if I can take, what, two, three minutes out of my time uh, for the hours – of entertainment that I get from other people by listening to their shows, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. So uh, we would love it if you do that for us. Um, that would be great. We, we would really appreciate that. We thank you so much for all the people that have been listening to us as we've been doing this. Um, so any feedback, we'd love to hear it there. Or you can email that or, or call us. Uh, we've got a voicemail line too, which you can find on our website. Uh, I wanted to announce something I meant to say. I, I mentioned this on one of the other uh, episodes as well, and I forgot to say it at the beginning of this one. Um, if you live in the Chicago area, or you don't mind driving uh, in the northern Chicago area, in Lake Forest, Illinois, uh, which is about eh, 30 miles north of Chicago, on Friday, April 7th, um, the Lake Forest Lake Bluff Historical Society is doing a uh, kind of a talk on pop music's greatest year, 1984. Um, so the guys from Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago are um, from the Public Radio Exchange, WBEZ. They're going to be there um, talking about 1984 and how that is the probably one of the most pivotal years for pop music. Um, it's going to be Friday, April 7th, 2017, 7 p.m. It's going to be at the Lake Forest High School uh, Auditorium, 1285 North McKinley Road in Lake Forest, Cost is $20 for Historical Society members, $30 for non-members. Students and children are free. If you want more information on that, you can go to lflbhistory.org. Um, I said in one of the other shows, I'm going to try to make it to that. Sounds like, uh, sounds like it'll be pretty cool. So um, if you want more information, go check out their website. Otherwise, that is happening Friday, April 7th. So that's coming up here in just a, a couple weeks. You can register for the event on their website, too, uh, if you are interested in doing that. Um, in the meantime, our next movie coming up, uh, let me go take, it our, take a look at our list real quick, because we've got, um, after Drum this roll. week, I mean, oh man, we have some great movies. Um, yes. Uh, after this one, we've got Dragnet is coming up next time, and then we've got The Untouchables. The Untouchables, that's go. a great movie. That is, mm -hmm. a, that is a fun movie. And then, um, not our first Bond movie, but our first Bond movie uh, featuring Timothy Dalton, we've got The Living Daylights. We'll finish off our month of March here, coming up in a couple of weeks. So there it is. We got some. We got some good stuff. Uh, so yeah, if you if you're cool. looking to finish out the rest of the month with us, and you want to get ahead on some of these movies, we'll be doing for the next uh, next few weeks after this one. We've got Dragnet, The Untouchables, and The Living Daylights. So uh, if you want to give us any feedback, get in touch with us. Go to thirtypodcast.com. Uh, if you want to go watch those movies ahead of time, go ahead and do that. Otherwise. Be excellent to each other and go watch some good movies and we will see you all next time. Thanks a lot. he made a mistake.
Now it's time to erase that mistake. I want a chopper, now! We will walk to the roof very calmly. I will board the chopper with my hostage. Anybody tries to stop me? The old geezer gets it. Dick, you're fired! Thank you. Nice shooting, son. What's your name? Murphy. 